0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Charisma Plus app, a new tool to bring you one touch closer to the Holy Spirit. Download now at charismaplusapp.com.
1: God placed him where he was. God uniquely created him to do the job he did. And I wrote this book to show people that, that this is a man who changed the world. And we can all change our world. Now, look, we're not all going to be Billy Grant's. But, but we can all go out and fulfill the calling that God has for us and do what the Lord has called us to do. And so I share a lot of stories of times I was hanging out with Billy. You know, one time I was sitting with him at the Red Lobster having lunch. And uh, when you sat down with Billy Graham, he would not talk about himself. He always would ask about you.
0: Well, you are listening to Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jeff Strauss. And we are honored to have Pastor Greg Laurie with us today. Greg Laurie is the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, and the founder of Harvest Crusades, a nationwide evangelistic event that has drawn more than 10.4 million in stadiums and arenas around the world with over 550,000 professions of faith since 1990. Greg was invited by Billy Graham, to serve on the Board of Directors of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association in 1994, and still serves today. He's the author of the newly released book, Billy Graham, The Man I Knew. Well, Pastor Greg, we are so honored to have you on the podcast, and we're looking forward to hearing about your new book, Billy Graham, The Man I Knew.
1: Hey, Jeff, thanks for having me on. You know, the The reason I wrote this book, actually, I've ended up writing three what you might call spiritual biographies. The first one was on the conversion of film actor Steve McQueen. The second was on Johnny Cash. And the third now is on Billy Graham. And in many ways, the Billy Graham book is the glue that holds the other two together. You know, Steve McQueen was called the King of Cool. Johnny Cash was called the Grandfather of Cool. But Billy Graham may have been the coolest of all, because I define coolness not as what kind of clothes you wear or how you style your hair. I define coolness as being unique, being authentic, being someone that makes a difference. And Billy was that and more. And he's sort of the glue in the two stories, because Steve McQueen was the top actor of his generation, and he came to Christ toward the uh, end of his life. He didn't know it was the end of his life, but indeed it was. About six months after Steve embraced Jesus as his Savior and Lord, he found out he had cancer. It was advanced. It was mesothelioma, and uh, so Steve was going to Mexico for treatment, and he asked to meet Billy Graham, and Billy made time in his schedule to come and meet with Steve and was praying with him before he went to uh, as Mexico, for his treatment. And Billy, and excuse me, Steve had misplaced his Bible and was very frustrated about that, and Billy said, here, take mine. And Billy gave to Steve his personal Bible. I've actually held that Bible. I preached from it as Billy's notes in the margins, and he inscribed it to Steve. And the last words of Steve to Billy were, I'll see you in heaven. Tragically, Steve died after the surgery in Mexico uh, but they found him in the recovery room holding on to Billy Graham's Bible. And so Johnny Cash, you know, he's a legend. He he's a you know, he's a musical style unto himself. And and Johnny Cash and Billy were very good friends. They hung out together, they vacationed together, they fished together. Of course Johnny played in many of Billy's Crusades. So he had a profound impact on these two men. But I wanted to talk about this man. That really was the greatest evangelist of all time, but I wanted to present his story in a different way to show he was a human being. he had his shortcomings, but he was so used by God and see what we can learn from him. It's
0: so amazing because you know in Christianity we don't we don't really have superstars, but you're talking about Billy Graham, just a, a man and a ministry at an entirely another level and for many in yeah. this generation that's coming up it's amazing because uh, he passed away just a few years ago and so I'm so thankful yeah. that you're capturing um, the, the just this hero of faith and his story in a fresh way for this generation so you've you've spent time with him uh, uh, what what was he like privately
1: well Billy was he was very very approachable. He, he was a very humble man. He would often say, I'm just a country preacher. And it wasn't fake humility. He was literally describing what he was. You know, Billy's story is almost like a Bible story. You know, you think of Gideon out there hiding from his enemies, the Midianites, threshing wheat when an angel of the Lord calls him. You think of David watching over his sheep when the prophet comes and anoints him to be the king of Israel. And you think of Billy, he was the son of a dairy farmer. He had aspirations as a young man to be a pro baseball player. And, you know, he was a regular young guy. He loved girls, and he got into trouble, and he was a pretty good boy overall. But he was, a you know, a normal flesh-and-blood boy. And there were some evangelists that came into his town, named Mordecai Ham. How's that for a name? Perfect. <laughs> and Mordecai <laughs> <isn't> Ham <laughs> was, you know, it's a, you know, it's, he sounds like something out of the Bible too. And so Mordecai Ham was preaching in this tent, complete with soda shavings on the floor, and, and, and people were coming to Christ. And, and Billy Frank, as he was known then, did not want to go and hear this evangelist. Finally, a friend of his bribed him by letting him drive his pickup truck and pick up Billy's girlfriend. So Billy went along with it and ended up ultimately giving his life to Christ. And then, you know, the world changed as a result of that commitment. So Billy would sometimes say, if you ever see a turtle on a fence post, you know, he didn't get there by himself. Billy was the first to acknowledge that God placed him where he was. God uniquely created him to do the job he did. And I wrote this book to show people that that this is a man who changed the world, and we can all change our world. Now, look, we're not all going to be Billy Grants, but but we can all go out and fulfill the calling that God has for us and do what the Lord has called us to do. And so I share a lot of stories of times I was hanging out with Billy. You know, one time I was sitting with him at the Red Lobster having lunch, and uh When you sat down with Billy Graham, he would not talk about himself. He always would ask about you. And he was genuinely interested. We know Billy had relationships with presidents going all the way back to Truman, up to President Trump, actually. But uh, he also had time for just regular people. I saw it myself. I saw how we were interrupted like, you know, 10 times or more while we were eating lunch at the Red Lobster by people wanting to say something to Billy, talk to him, ask him for something. And he was so gracious. And I think that was part of his secret, if you will. He was a genu- genuinely humble man who loved people. Well, I love
0: the the stories because the stories capture, you know, the essence of of who he was and, yeah. and not, not just his public figure, but, but who he was as an individual, as a person. Now, Pastor, um, you, you've, you've written books, you're pastoring church, you're an evangelist. What, what what, were the leadership lessons that you were able to distill through your relationship um, with Billy um, that you could share with our audience today?
1: Yeah, well, that's a great question. So some things are taught, and some things are taught. Yeah. So there are certain things you can learn by listening to a person preach, and I sat through many Billy Graham messages, sitting on the platform, of course, as a younger boy, watching him on television, listening to his cassette tapes, reading his books. So I listened to him. But then some things are caught, and that happens by being with a person. And uh, I remember one occasion, we were in Portland, Oregon, and Billy had an amazing crusade, and the night was incredible. Johnny Cash thing, or leaving the stage, as he comes down the stairs, there's well wishers on both sides, like a sea of people just reaching out to, to touch him, to say something to him. He had some of his uh, ushers kind of keeping him at bay. I'm walking next to him, and I'm thinking, wow, what is it like to walk through a crowd of people and and have you know so much adulation? We get into the car and we're driving out. Billy's in the back seat next to his son Franklin. I'm riding shotgun. And his longtime friend and ATW Wilson is driving. So I turn around, <laughs> facing him in the back seat, and I said, "Billy, that was a great message tonight." And Billy looks at me with those steely blue eyes, and he says, "Well, it's just gospel." Wow. I turn back around. I'm like. I know it's just gospel. I was just trying to compliment him. I mean, it was kind of, to me, like, why did he say that? And then I thought of a me he made in the message. I turned back around and I said, Billy, I really loved it when you said, Christ can resensitize your conscience. And he said to me, well, he can't. <laughs> so here was the lesson I was learning. I was learning that Billy did not want praise. You know, a lot of times after a big event, people want to talk about how great it was, how how great they did. No, not Billy. He literally didn't want to talk about it. It was done. He delivered the gospel, and and it was like water off a duck's back. So we got back to his hotel room, and someone had given us these cold uh, barbecue sandwiches, which were hot when we got them, but they're cold by the time we got to his room. That's what we're going to have for dinner, no fancy meal. We're sitting in his hotel room, uh, and then Billy disappears and comes back out in his pajamas and dress shoes. I guess he forgot his slippers. So we're sitting around eating sandwiches. His friend, T.W., they're telling old stories. They're laughing. And I thought, I was learning. I was learning. This is a man who takes his message very seriously, but he doesn't take himself seriously. And like he said, when it was all said and done, he was just a country preacher that God used to change the world. Uh, It's it's incredible. And you know,
0: of course, as I'm listening and I'm, I'm just amazed that these, these candid pictures that, again, uh, the, I think for us in, a, in America, we have these pictures of him in the stadiums. In front of the crowds yeah. and moving the masses. I mean, <laughs> meeting with presidents, meeting with monarchs. I mean, yeah. uh, just larger than life. Uh, but you're you're telling stories where it's close. It's the cold barbecue sandwich after the meeting. You're hungry. You know, you're making it work. Um, uh, it's just it's just incredible um, for this generation. Uh, what would you think, uh, Billy Graham? Would want to say at this moment in time. I mean, again, when 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 Billy passed away, we're going um, uh, the earth lost a hero, heaven <laughs> heaven heaven gained one. Um, we're, yeah. we're we're all concerned about where we are as a nation, a, as a generation. I mean, is 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 there hope that God could raise up uh, more people like Billy in our day?
1: Well, I think that uh, God has raised up certain individuals. Uh, you know, over the years, like, um, you know, George Whitfield yeah. was a preacher who had a profound effect on our nation, even before we were a nation, uh, preaching, leading thousands to Christ. Then we think of Charles Finney, uh, D.L. Moody, Billy Sunday, and certainly Billy Graham uh, is among these great men that God used. Yeah, uh, I would pray and hope God would raise up another Billy Graham. But uh, Billy would be the first to point to the Lord and give God the glory. And and he knew the Lord had called him to do what he did. Once he said to me, you know, Greg, I don't think I'm a very good preacher, but God has given me the gift of inviting people to Christ. I said, well, Billy, I have to disagree with you on that point. You are really a great preacher. But yes, the Lord has given you this gift as well. That's clear. But, um, you know, Billy... Billy was just a guy who who wanted to do what God called him to do. He was once asked by an interviewer, you know, if, do you have any regrets in life? And he said, I wish I'd not taken all the speaking engagements I took. I wish I'd spent more time telling the Lord how much I love him. I wish I'd spent more time in prayer. I wish I'd spent more time studying scripture. You know, I introduced a friend of mine named John to Billy, and, and my friend John said Billy thank you for all you've done thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord and Billy said I wish I'd done more <laughs> I thought wish you'd done more <laughs> you know who did more than Billy yeah and, but but you know that was his attitude he always saw how much more he could do and, and how he wanted to touch people and, and the, the fame did not go to his head look I've met a lot of people over the years uh, I've Shaken the hands of four U.S. presidents. I've been in the Oval Office. I've met movie stars. I've met celebrity preachers. You know, I've met all kinds of, of powerful people, wealthy people, but I've never been more impressed by anyone more than Billy Graham. And to me, going to visit Billy at his house was more exciting than going into the Oval Office, which I've done, and pray for the president, which is an honor. Yeah. But to just be with him in that country home, talking with him, to me that was the greatest of all joys and privileges. Amazing. Now,
0: your book, Billy Graham, The Man I Knew, it takes a personal, (laughs) intimate perspective um, out of your relationship uh, with Billy, which is different than other biographies um, you're drawing off of your personal experiences. Now, I, I heard there's a story... About a certain photograph that I think he signed that you, you end up throwing away or something to that. Uh, <laughs> can you give us a glimpse into what, what that whole story is about?
1: Yeah, sure. So I, I had this beautiful photograph that I blew up and I wanted to get Billy to sign it. And it's a great photo of Billy preaching. And I even got one of those silver pens, you know, metallic pens so it would show up because it's a black background. I wanted his signature to show up. Yeah. So I put it in a little brown tube, you know, like you put posters and photos in. And I took it back to where he was holding the crusade. And, uh, and I went to him and said, Billy, would you sign this for me? And I gave him the pen. And he signed it. And I was very excited. I still have it here in my office. And I put it in the tube, and it was in my hotel room. And uh, I went to a lunch. I came back, and the tube was gone. And I'm freaking out. Like, where did my <laughs> photograph of Billy go? Right. And so I called the front desk, and they said, oh, the maids may have thrown it out thinking it's trash. I'm literally in the dumpster. Going yeah. through the dumpster, I finally find this tube. The photograph was fine. I put it back in my room. But I made the mistake of telling Billy's son, Franklin, who's really a prankster. And so I'm up in Billy's room a little bit later that afternoon, and Franklin is there, and Billy's there, and Franklin says to his father, "Daddy, Greg, you know that picture you signed for Greg?" Billy said, "Yes, I do." Franklin says, "Greg threw it away." I said, "No, I didn't throw it away. The maid threw it away." Franklin says, "Daddy, Greg <laughs> threw it away." No, I'm protesting. Uh, no, and I and I told the whole story, and Billy was kind of smiling, and I thought, you know what? They're in on this together. They're both pranking me right now. It's pretty funny. But uh, so I, you know, that that photo is like one of my treasures, right? Because I, it has a story to go with it. And, and you know, he. but he was just, uh, you know, he's just a down to earth kind of a guy yep. who loved to just hang out. He loved to have a meal. He loved to just sort of chat, sit on the rocking chair, uh, have you talk about yourself. And, and, you know, and I would ask him questions. Because I thought when I, when I went with Billy, I'm literally sitting with Mr. History. You know, I mean, I quote C.S. Yep. C. Lewis. Billy Graham met C.S. Lewis. Yep. I read books about Winston Churchill. <laughs> Billy Graham met Winston Churchill nice. and shared the gospel with him. I listened to U2 music. Billy Graham had Bono come to his house. <laughs> you know, and so, it, so I would always ask him questions. And I, I did ask him this question once, Jeff. I said, Billy, do you have any regrets in life? And he told me the story, and his answer was yes. And he told me the story of when he was at a prayer breakfast in Washington, D.C., and President Kennedy was there. After it was done, uh, President Kennedy said, Billy, I'd like you to drive back to the White House with me. There's something I want to talk to you about. And uh, Billy said, well, Mr. President, I'm really sick and I I don't want to get you sick. How about if I call you in a week or so, and then I'll come and see you at the White House? And the president said, okay. And then uh, only days after that, President Kennedy went to Dallas and tragically was assassinated. And Billy said to me, I always wondered what he wanted to talk to me about. Wow. Uh,
0: Just incredible. And obviously, it puts into magnitude. We all have regrets, we all have shortcomings, we all have insecurities. Um, again, you're painting this picture of a man, he was used uh, so mightily by God, and yet he uh, he dealt with the, uh, all the things that all of our listeners do. We all deal with it, and uh, yeah. what an inspiring and encouraging picture of this amazing uh, man of God. Um, we're talking about the new book, Billy Graham: The Man I Knew. It was released April 13th, and I just think what a what a great story to read about right now uh, for encouragement, for inspiration, and for hope um, for the current generation. Um, uh, Pastor Greg, where, where's the best place to to get a copy of the book?
1: Well, probably the fastest place to get it is Amazon. And also, not only can you order the hardcover book; it's digital as well. You can get it for the Kindle format. You can get it for Apple Books, and there's a beautiful audio version that is read by an outstanding person. And in many ways, I I, I may prefer the audio version. And and it's not a small book. This book is 400 pages, but it's it's filled with a lot of amazing stories. And I think when you're done reading it, you'll feel like you knew him too. And that was my objective is I wanted people to feel like they were sitting with Billy and they were getting to meet him. I love biographies, Jeff. You know, when I have time off and I'm not studying, you know, for a message and reading Bible commentaries, my favorite thing to go to is a biography. And so this is an affectionate biography written about a man who changed the world, but also written about a man that I personally knew And I think he can be an inspiration to a whole new generation. You know, we're living in a time where lately we've seen some well-known preachers have some pretty spectacular falls, Mm -hmm. and uh, and that's very discouraging. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible says when one of us suffers, all of us suffer. But it also says when one of us is exalted, we're all exalted. Billy was faithful to the end. He finished his race well. I include some principles that he lived by to keep himself safe and strong uh, as a leader that I think we would all learn from. You know, this is the closest to a book on leadership I've written because I talk about, you know, takeaway truths I learned from hanging out with Billy and listening to him. But it's also a book that, that would say to anybody that wants to be used by the Lord, here's some principles that Billy followed. And if you follow these biblical principles You can, and you will be used by God, because God is looking for people to use. You know, God wants to use you more than you want to be used by God. And so I hope this book will inspire a whole new generation to say, like Billy said, here I am, Lord, send me. Amen. Perfect way to encapsulate
0: the message and perfect way to end our time together today. Uh, Pastor Greg, thank you so much for being on the the podcast today. I want all of our listeners to go out, get a copy of Billy Graham, The Man I Knew, an intimate look at an evangelist who rocked the 20th century. Uh, Greg, thanks again. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, Jeff. God bless. God bless. You've been listening to Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe to never miss an episode. God bless.